We want to continue to be in prayer today and tomorrow for and Tuesday for Carol Dix, who's having both knees replaced, and for Bob Schwabert, who's having an aneurysm repaired in his abdomen. Uh, and uh, yes, ma'am. Okay, Christine Haverstick. Amen. That's like next Saturday. No. Today's the ninth, though. Yeah, Wednesday. Okay. I don't blame her. The difference between major surgery and minor surgery is just who they're operating on. <coughs> That's the only difference. Uh, Philippians chapter 1. Let's begin in verse 1. We'll read down through verse 12. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, of the, with the bishops and deacons, that's pastors and deacons. Notice the, the letter is to the saints. And he adds on pastors and deacons, bishops and deacons. Uh, I would kind of like to be included in the saints group myself, but he chose not to do it that way. So grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Three remembrance of me. Sorry, Randy. Give me a second. What? I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Okay, let's continue. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel." so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some, indeed, preach Christ even of envy and strife, and others also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add afflictions to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel." What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation, my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But that with all boldness, as always, so now also... Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. 
If I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not, I know not. For I am a straight betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Christ Jesus for me by my coming to you again. We'll pause there in our reading. We want to go back to verse 12. I would you would understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. What in the world is he talking about? Well, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. Actually, we'll begin in verse 23. Paul is, Second uh, Corinthians eleven twenty-three. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth about people who have questioned his right to call himself an apostle. To be an apostle, you had to be an eyewitness of the resurrected Christ. Paul was. We don't know if he saw him in Jerusalem after his resurrection, if he's one of the 500, or if he just saw him on the road to Damascus, but he was an eyewitness of the resurrected Christ. He received the gospel. The other apostles called him an apostle. And so we know that uh, he has a right to his apostleship. The middle of verse 23, uh, beginning verse 23, says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. Now, why do you say I speak as a as a fool? <laughs> well, because anytime you defend yourself and begin to uh, try to defend yourself, often, sometimes it sounds like you're bragging, and Paul is not doing that. He's defending his right to correct things in the church at Corinth. He spent more time in the church at Corinth, trying to help those folks and trying to help them grow spiritually than he did in any other church. Why? Well, because Corinth was such a corrupt city. Because Corinth was, was so ungodly in that they had all these kinds of different kinds of gods and all these different temples and it was a major trade city. And you could go to Corinth and get anything you wanted, literally anything you want was available in Corinth. And so uh, Paul is writing to them, and he says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prison more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times I received, received I 40 stripes, save one, 39 stripes. Why? 40 is the number of judgment. You beat a man 40 times, whip a man 40 times and somebody miscounts and you whip him 41 times, you can never whip him again. So they always stopped at 39. Then if something else came up, they could whip him again. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A day and a night have I been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters. Now, why journeyings often? Because they walked everywhere they went. <laughs> that's, what, that's why. If they weren't on ship, they were walking. And they walked from city to city across Turkey. 
up the side of the Mediterranean, through Lebanon, up into Turkey, all the way across Turkey, and then rode on shipboard across to uh, Macedonia, northern Greece, and then down around the coast of Greece, sailed to the islands of the Mediterranean, witnessed there, sailed back to uh, either Joppa or Haifa, and, and then walked back to Jerusalem. Three different journeys he took, and ends up in Rome. And so, he says, uh, in journeyings often, in perils of water, not just being on the water, but in storms, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, the Jews tried to, uh, tried to assassinate him, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides those things that are without, but that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak? And I'm not weak. Who's offended? And I burn not. I'm not angry. If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. We'll pause there because I need to ask you a question. The question is this, and I think it's a justifiable question. You think you got problems? You think you got problems? I mean, Paul is, is, is writing, and he's writing from maritime prison in Rome. Okay? Letter to the church at Philippi was written while he was in prison in Rome. You go to Rome to visit the maritime prison, and they'll take you and show you what a cell looks like, the kind of cell that Paul was in. It's a stone cell with a hole in the roof. And they ran a rope down under the prisoner's arms, pushed him off in the hole, let him, let him down, and then pulled the rope out. If they fed him, they fed him by letting a pitcher down by the rope with a piece of bread in it, some kind of bread in it. If they gave him something to drink, it was in a pitcher with water in it. They'd let it down by the rope, pull the rope back up. If he needed to relieve himself, go to the bathroom. He did it in the pitcher. And somebody, they'd pull it up. They'd empty it out. Send it back down. Day after day, week after week, month after month, he is there. And he's writing to the church at Philippi. And he says to them, I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened to me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. This is why I had trouble. So the gospel could be spread. What is our response to trouble? Do we use it for an opportunity to spread the gospel? No. We gripe and complain. Okay? We throw pity parties and don't invite anybody. We throw pity parties and don't serve refreshment. Well, that's not always true. Sometimes we get a bucket of ice cream and sit there in front of the TV. And, oh, nobody loves me. Just keep munching that ice cream. Okay. Paul says, all of this happened to me for the furtherance of the gospel. Yeah. 
You get in your car and it won't start. Oh, why me, God? And the Holy Spirit is thinking, oh, you don't know who I'm sending to help. You don't know who I'm sending along that needs to hear the gospel. Get your tracks ready. You know? Get your, get your Bible out or your New Testament out so that when they get here, you can just hop right on it. Because this has fallen to you, fallen on you for the furtherance of the gospel. You say, Brother Casey, is that always true? We don't ever look at it that way, so how, do we, how would we know? We always look at difficulties in our lives as some kind of attack by God upon us. Or, <laughs> nobody loves me anymore. You know, and that's true. But God doesn't love you any less. There's nobody in the world He loves more than He loves you. And so we can look at Him and say, Okay, God, thank you. I don't know what you're doing, but thank you. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You want to be in the center of God's will? Give Him thanks for everything. In everything. It doesn't say for everything. There's some things I am thankful in, just not thankful for, because I don't know how it's going to work out yet. But if I'm thankful in everything, that gives God opportunity to work and show Himself strong on my behalf and on your behalf. All of this has fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel, Paul says. And we just read what all of this is. Beaten with rods five times. Do you remember? Oh, I don't even know how long ago it's been. Fifteen years? When that boy in Shanghai spray-painted those cars and they caned him? And everybody, everybody squealed and hollered and complained because they, they were going to beat this boy with bamboo. You know, oh, oh, that's so cruel. That's so unkind. Hey, I think somebody was trying to teach him that no means no. <laughs> you know, and if you won't listen to your parents say no, then the government says no. In Shanghai, they enforce it. Paul was beaten like that five times. And the beating with the rods, the, the cane, opens up the flesh a lot quicker than beatings with whips. And it bruises deeper. And so five times he was beaten mercilessly. And then beaten with stripes. Maybe that was three times with rods and five times with stripes. Thirty-nine stripes each time. And in hunger and thirst. And a day and a night in the deep. What's that mean? Shipwrecked, floating, floating on pieces of the ship in the Mediterranean, trying to get to shore because the ship wrecked. And Paul looks at all those things in his life and he says, God had a plan in all this. And he was trying to further the gospel. Everything that he allowed to happen to me. 
He's on board ship. They've been in a storm for, seems like, weeks. And there doesn't seem to be any end of it. And the ship's taking on water. And the soldiers and the sailors on board ship said, hey, let's leave the prisoners and just get out of here, get in those lifeboats and take off. We can make it to shore if we don't try to save all this. And Paul went to the captain of the ship and to the centurion. And he said, I've been praying, and God told me that everybody has to stay on board ship or nobody lives. And so they stayed on board ship. And after a while, Paul said, okay, now let's all swim to shore. And they all abandoned ship, found something to float on, those who couldn't swim, and they got to shore. And the, the natives on the island came and built a big bonfire for them. And Paul is reaching in, stirring the, stirring the, ash, the uh, coals, trying to get the fire warmer because they're all chilled from being in the water so long. And a snake in the firewood reaches out and bites him on the hand. And everybody knows he, he's a goner. He's dead. And he didn't die. They said, wow, this guy must be a god. And Paul had the opportunity then to tell them, no, I'm not a guy, God, but I know who God is. And that's why I didn't die. Let me tell you about how much he loves you and about his son dying on the cross to save you from your sins. And then God raised him from the dead and you can spend eternity with God if you'll just trust him. Put your faith and trust in him. Believe him. It fell out to the furtherance of the gospel. See, Billy Casey, are you trying to tell us something? Yeah. I'm trying to tell you we need to look at our lives differently. We need to look at the circumstances in our life from a godly perspective and understand those things that are important to God. It's important to God that He take care of me just because He promised He would. Okay? But you know what's more important to God than that? Keeping somebody out of hell. Keeping somebody else out of hell. I know I'm not going. And so when God allows things to happen in my life that I'm not, not particularly crazy about, having cancer wasn't one of my, on my bucket list. Okay? Having sarcoidosis wasn't on my bucket list. Having pneumonia two and three times wasn't on my bucket list. But every time, God allowed it because he wanted somebody to get saved. I remember the first person I know of that got saved because I had cancer was a young man in Marshall, Missouri, who also had cancer. And he came to me and said, God healed you. Would you ask him to heal me? And I said... Sure, but let me ask you something first. And I asked him about his salvation. He said, I don't know that I'm saved. I said, okay. Why would God heal you if you're not going to spend eternity with him? Why would God heal you if you, if you don't love him, you don't trust him? He got real quiet. I said, you know Jesus died for you, right? And he said, yes. I said, you know God raised him from the dead? He said, yes. 
I said, you know, if you ask him, he will save you, right? He said, yes. I said, okay, why don't you pray and ask him to save you? He prayed, asked God to save him. Asked Jesus to come into his heart and life, be his Savior. He looked up. I said, now let's pray and ask God to heal you. He said, let's just ask God to have his will. He died about six months later, and God healed him. Took his last breath here and took his next breath in heaven in the presence of God. No more pain. No more suffering. No more sickness. No more tears. No more death. Because all the former things were passed away. And he saw Jesus face to face. So what happened to me, while it was not pleasant, wasn't something I'd won't wish for anybody else, fell out to the furtherance of the gospel. You say, well, yeah, brother, but that's cancer. <clears throat> yeah. What makes us think there's big problems and little problems with God? Big problems, little problems. All the problems are little with God. He just wants to see folks get saved so they don't die and go to hell. Paul writes from prison. Somebody else is writing a letter for him. He's dictating it. And sitting in this dungeon, waiting for them to let down the food and water for the day, he says, All these things that have happened unto me have fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. Woo! What that accused? He was not the only man in prison, by the way. But he may have been the only one in prison rejoicing and praising God and recognizing that God loves mankind. And wants to save him. What's our attitude? What's that? I mean, what's our attitude? Bob and Susan found out their son was autistic. Has very definite patterns in his life. You vary one of those. Whoa. There's a major issue with him. And why would God do that for the furtherance of the gospel? I don't know how. I don't know what. I just know what he says. Can't wait to watch him work because he's always working somewhere. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your precious word. Dismiss us with your love. Bring us back safely Wednesday night. Keep us safe on the way home. We will give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name, for his sake, amen.